Welcome to Quanta Magazine's podcast. Each episode, we bring you stories about developments in science and mathematics. I'm Susan Vallett. You're listening to the sound of metronomes. If you place them side by side, they'll sway in lockstep. During the summer, one cricket becomes what sounds like millions, chirping together in unison. Neurons in our brains fire in synchronous patterns to operate our bodies and minds. Pacemaker cells in our hearts sync up to generate the beat. These are just a few examples of how we live in a world of synchronization. Now physicists have discovered new forms of synchronization, and they're learning how to predict and control them. Objects with rhythms naturally synchronize, but it was never documented until 1665, when Dutch physicist and inventor Christian Huygens spent a few days sick in bed. Huygens had invented pendulum clocks, and two hung side by side on a wall near him. He noticed that the pendulums swing exactly in unison, always swaying toward each other and then away. He was curious as to why. Perhaps pressure from the air was synchronizing their swings. What else could it be? He conducted experiments. Standing a table upright between the clocks didn't affect their synchronization. But when he re-hung the clocks far apart or at right angles to each other, they soon fell out of phase. Huygens eventually inferred that the clock's sympathy, as he called it, resulted from the kicks that their swings gave each other through the wall. When the left pendulum swings left, it kicks the wall and the other pendulum rightward, and vice versa. The clocks kick each other around until they and the wall attain their most stable, relaxed state. For the pendulums, the most stable behavior is to move in opposite directions. Each pushes the other in the direction it's already going, similar to the way you push a child on a swing. And this is also easiest for the wall. It no longer moves at all because the pendulums are giving it equal and opposite kicks. Once in this self-reinforcing synchronous state, there's no reason for the system to deviate. Many systems synchronize for similar reasons, with kicks replaced by other forms of influence. Another Dutchman, Engelman Kamfer, traveled to Thailand in 1690 and observed the local fireflies flashing simultaneously. Two centuries later, English physicist John William Strutt, better known as Lord Rayleigh, noticed that standing two organ pipes side by side can cause the pipes to speak in absolute unison. Radio engineers in the 1920s discovered that wiring together electrical generators with different frequencies forced them to vibrate with a common frequency. This is the principle behind radio communication systems. But it wasn't until 1967 that the pulsating chirps of crickets inspired American theoretical biologist Art Winfrey to propose a mathematical model of synchronization. Winfrey's equation was too difficult to solve, but in 1974, Japanese physicist Yoshiki Kuramoto saw how to simplify the math. Adelson Mater is a physicist at Northwestern University in Chicago and a leading sync scientist. He came up with a very simple model to try to explain what happens when you have a bunch of oscillators coupled together. What's interesting about Kuramoto's model is that he demonstrated that non-identical oscillators can synchronize to similar state. 
non-identical oscillators can move around together. They have similar frequencies when they are coupled, even if their frequencies is very different when they are not. Kuramoto's model described a population of oscillators, what we know as things with rhythms, and showed why coupled oscillators spontaneously synchronize. Here's Kuramoto in a video message to a conference at the Max Planck Institute in Dresden, Germany in 2015. My published short report was just two pages long, plus a few lines, typed with large spacing. See, I was reluctant to write a paper. Why? I couldn't evaluate my own work, partly because I was just a beginner in nonlinear science in those days. That's nonlinear dynamics, the study of the feedback loops that tangle together variables in the world. When Kuramoto showed his model to experts in the discipline, they failed to grasp its significance. Their reactions were not so encouraging. They showed little interest in my work, and uh, they were even critical by saying, in some case, that what you have done doesn't seem new at all. There may be a lot of similar works in the fields of mechanical and electrical engineering. I was discouraged. So Kuramoto set the work aside. Five years later, Winfrey came across a summary of a talk Kuramoto had given about his model. In that 2015 talk from his Tokyo office, Kuramoto recalled when Winfrey contacted him. It was a big surprise when I received a letter from Art Winfrey one day in 1980, I suppose, in which he admired my short report. Winfrey realized that Kuramoto's model offered a revolutionary new understanding of a subtle phenomenon that pervades the world. Kuramoto's math has proven versatile. It accounts for synchronization in clusters of neurons, fireflies, pacemaker cells, starlings in flight, reacting chemicals, alternating currents, and a myriad of other real-world populations of coupled oscillators. Kuramoto, who's now 79, says he never imagined that his model would be so widely applicable. But as ubiquitous as Kuramoto's model became, any illusions physicists had of understanding synchronization shattered in 2001. Once again, Kuramoto was at the center of the action. In Kuramoto's original model, an oscillator can be pictured as an arrow that rotates in a circle at some natural frequency. If it's a firefly, it might flash every time the arrow points up. When a pair of arrows is coupled, the strength of their mutual influence depends on the sign of the angle between their pointing directions. The bigger this angle, the bigger the sign, and therefore the stronger their mutual influence. Only when the arrows point in parallel directions and rotate together do they stop pulling on each other. So the arrows will drift until they find this state of synchrony. Even oscillators that have different natural frequencies reach a compromise and oscillate in tandem when they're coupled. But that basic picture only explains the onset of global synchronization, where a population of oscillators all do the same thing. It's the simplest kind of sync. Motter points to cicadas and his own studies of the U.S. power grid as examples. There are plenty of examples, important examples, of systems that have to be globally synchronized in order to operate. 
That's why people paid so much attention to that. But in 2001, Kuramoto again discovered something very different. And that's where the story of different states starts. Kuramoto's postdoc, Dorjurin Badotok, first noticed a new kind of synchronous behavior in a computer-simulated population of coupled oscillators. The identical oscillators were all identically coupled to their neighbors. They had somehow split into two factions. Some oscillated in sync, while the rest drifted incoherently. Kuramoto presented the discovery at a 2001 meeting in Bristol, but didn't attract much attention. Two years later, Cornell mathematician Stephen Strogatz came across it in the conference proceedings. So they had this phenomenon that when I came to understand what I was seeing in the graphics, I couldn't really believe it. It didn't make sense. I had never seen anything like it, having you know, worked in this field at that point for maybe like 20 years or something. Strogat says it was just strange when you looked at the oscillators arranged on a ring in the study. And what was so weird about that was that the universe looks the same from every place on the ring. Every oscillator was identical in its properties, and it had an identical view of the world in the sense that it was coupled to its neighbors in the same way as everybody else. In other words, this was a symmetry-breaking phenomenon where the symmetry of the ring was broken into some domain that was synchronized and another domain that was not. And it just seemed really weird. And it had never been seen before in this kind of system. Strogatz worked with his graduate student, Daniel Abrams, who now studies synchronization as a professor at Northwestern. They reproduced the peculiar mix of synchrony and asynchrony in computer simulations of their own and explored the conditions under which it arises. Strogatz dubbed it the Chimera State, after a mythological fire-breathing monster made of incongruous parts. Two independent teams realized this chimera state in the lab in 2012, working in different physical systems, and more experiments have seen it since. Many researchers suspect chimeras arise naturally. The brain itself seems to be a complicated kind of chimera in that it simultaneously sustains both synchronous and asynchronous firing of neurons. Last year, researchers found qualitative similarities between the destabilization of chimera states and epileptic seizures. But the chimera state is still not fully understood. Kuramoto worked out the math, verifying that the state is self-consistent and therefore possible, but that doesn't explain why it arises— Strogatz and Abrams further developed the math, but Strogatz says other researchers want a more seat-of-the-pants physical explanation, and I think it's fair to say that we haven't really hit the nail on the head yet. When it comes to explaining why the chimera state occurs, the discovery of chimeras ushered in a new era in sync science, revealing the conceivably countless exotic forms that synchronization can take. Now, theorists are working to pin down the rules for when and why the different patterns occur. These researchers hope to learn how to predict and control synchronization in many real-world situations. Physicist Adelson Motter and his team are finding rules about how to stabilize the synchronization of power grids and more stably integrate the U.S. grid with intermittent energy sources like solar and wind. The United States power grid has three main parts, West, East, and Texas. Each one of those three parts 
is at about 60 hertz. But within each one of those three parts, all the power generators have to be at the exact same frequency. So they might be at 59.9 or 61.1, but they have to be all at that frequency in order for the system to operate. Other researchers are looking for ways of nudging systems between different synchronous states, which could be useful for correcting irregular heartbeats. Novel forms of sync could have applications in encryption. Scientists speculate that brain function and even consciousness can be understood as a complicated and delicate balance of synchrony and asynchrony. Raisa D'Souza is a professor of computer science and mechanical engineering at the University of California, Davis. There's a lot of new vibrancy to thinking about synchronization in the last five years. D'Souza says we're gaining the tools to look at these intricate patterns beyond just simple full synchronization or regions of synchronization and regions of randomness. Many of the new synchronization patterns arise in networks of oscillators, which have specific sets of connections rather than all being coupled to one another, as assumed in the original Kuramoto model. Networks are better models of many real-world systems, like brains and the Internet. In a seminal paper in 2014, Louis Pecora of the U.S. Naval Research Laboratory and his co-authors put the pieces together about how to understand synchronization in networks. They built on previous work. They showed that networks break up into clusters of oscillators that synchronize, a special case of cluster sync is remote synchronization, which physicist Adelson Motter describes. You have a network and you have groups of oscillators synchronizing with each other, even though the oscillators that are intermediate to them are not synchronized with them. They might be synchronized to a different state. So you could have, say, oscillator A, oscillator B, and oscillator C, a and C are not directly coupled to each other. They synchronize, and B that's in the middle is in a different state. Those oscillators in between the cluster behave differently, typically syncing up with another cluster. And it's a very elegant formalism because every network, even if the network is random, can be partitioned into groups of symmetric oscillators, oscillators that are equivalent to each other within that group. And those are candidates to be synchronous with each other. Remote synchronization jibes with findings about real-world networks, like social networks. If you think about it, it's usually not your friend on Facebook who influences your behavior, but rather your friend's friend. In 2017, Modder's group discovered that oscillators can remotely synchronize, even when the oscillators between them are drifting incoherently. He says this scenario breeds remote synchronization with chimera states. We have three clusters of oscillators, A, B, and C. A is connected with B, B is connected with C, but A and C are not directly connected. So what we demonstrated was that not only you can have synchronization between A and C while B is not in sync with A and C, but in addition, we created a scenario in which the oscillators in B are incoherent. So when you measure the mutual information, you have a high mutual information between A and C but very low mutual information between A and B on B and C. The reason why that's important is because we are now using that to develop physics-based cryptography. That could mean new forms of secure communication and encryption. 
Motter and his colleagues hypothesized that this state could also be relevant to neuronal information processing, since synchronous firing sometimes spans large distances in the brain. Then there's chaotic synchronization, where oscillators that are individually unpredictable nonetheless sync up and evolve together. Motter calls that intriguing. He says chaotic systems have sensitivity depending on the initial conditions. If you have two of them and they are not interacting, their states will diverge away from each other exponentially fast. So it was interesting that at some point people discovered that you could actually create a coupling between them that would stabilize each other. As theorists explore the math underpinning these exotic states, experimentalists have been devising new and better platforms for studying them. Of course, everybody has their own preference for their own system. That's Matthew Matheny of Caltech. In a paper in Science last year, Matheny, D'Souza, Michael Rukas, and 12 co-authors reported a menagerie of new synchronous states in a network of nano-electromechanical oscillators, or NIMS. In this case, they're essentially miniature electric drumheads. The researchers studied a ring of eight NIMS. Each NIMS vibrations send electrical impulses to its nearest neighbors in the ring. It's a simple system, but Matheny says they started seeing a lot of crazy things. The researchers documented 16 synchronous states that the system fell into under different initial settings, but many more rare states might be possible. In many cases, NIMS decoupled from their nearest neighbors and remotely synchronized, vibrating in phase with tiny drumheads elsewhere in the ring. For example, in one pattern, the two nearest neighbors oscillated together, but the next pair adopted a different phase. The third pair synced up with the first, and the fourth pair with the second. NIMS are more complicated than simple Kuramoto oscillators because their oscillation frequency affects their amplitude or loudness. The inherent self-referring non-linearity of each NIM gives rise to complex mathematical relationships between them. For instance, the phase of one can affect the amplitude of its neighbor, which affects the phase of its next nearest neighbor. Cornell mathematician Stephen Strogatz says the ring of NIMS serves as a proxy for other things that are out in the wild. One thing that they were pushing in the paper was that they have studied what happens when coupling is stronger than traditionally used in the sense that you can no longer neglect amplitude variations, that they will start to come into play along with the phase fluctuations. So that's a big deal for them because that's what opens up a new zoo of phenomena. Michael Rukas is a professor of physics, applied physics, and biological engineering at Caltech. He's most interested in what the ring of NIMS suggests about huge networks like the brain. This is very, very primordial compared to the complexity of the brain. Rukas says if we already see this explosion in complexity, then it seems feasible to him that a network of 200 billion nodes and 2,000 trillion connections would have enough complexity to sustain consciousness. In the quest to understand and control the way things sync up, scientists are searching for the mathematical rules dictating when different synchronization patterns occur. They're not finished with that major research effort. But it's already clear that synchronization is a direct manifestation of symmetry and the way it breaks. 
Research physicist Louis Pecora and his co-authors first solidified the link between synchronization and symmetry in a 2014 paper on cluster synchronization. They mapped the different synchronized clusters that can form in a network of oscillators to that network symmetries. In this context, symmetries refer to the ways a network's oscillators can be swapped without changing the network. This is similar to a square being rotated 90 degrees without changing its appearance. D'Souza, Matheny, and their colleagues applied the same kind of formalism in their recent studies with NIMS. Roughly speaking, the ring of eight NIMS has the symmetries of an octagon. But as the eight tiny drums vibrate and the system evolves, some of these symmetries spontaneously break. The NIMS divide into synchronous clusters that correspond to subgroups of the symmetry group called D8. That specifies all of the ways you can rotate and reflect an octagon that leave it unchanged. For example, when the NIMS sync up with their next nearest neighbors, alternating their pattern around the ring, D8 reduces to the subgroup D4. This means the network of NIMS can be rotated by two positions or reflected across two axes without changing the pattern. Joe Hart is an experimentalist at the Naval Research Lab who collaborates with Pecora and Motter. He says even chimeras can be described in the language of clusters and symmetry subgroups. One way to think of a chimera state is the synchronized part or the coherent part is like one big synchronized cluster. And the incoherent part or the desynchronized part is like a bunch of clusters of one and then one cluster of a whole bunch. And so then if you use the formalism that Lou and Francesco developed to treat a chimera like that, it's often the case that you are able to explain them pretty well. Synchronization seems to spring from symmetry, and yet scientists like Hart have also discovered that asymmetry helps stabilize synchronous states. It kind of is a little bit paradoxical. About a year ago, Hart, Mater, Ray, and Yuanzhao Zhang of Northwestern reported in Physical Review Letters that introducing an asymmetry into a cluster actually strengthens its synchrony. For example, making the coupling between two oscillators in the cluster unidirectional instead of mutual doesn't disturb the cluster's synchrony, and it actually makes its state more robust to noise and perturbations from elsewhere in the network. These findings about asymmetry hold in experiments with artificial power grids. He thinks nature's penchant for asymmetry will make it easier to stably sync up diverse energy supplies. And physicist Yoshiki Kuramoto believes suitably combining synchrony and asynchrony can conquer a number of tasks. He expects man-made systems will become more functionally flexible by introducing similar mechanisms. Michelle Yoon helped with this episode. I'm Susan Vallett. For more on this story, read Natalie Wolchover's full article, Scientists Discover Exotic New Patterns of Synchronization, on our website, quantummagazine.org. Nature's hidden order, a unified theory of randomness, those are just a couple of topics covered in the Quanta book, The Prime Number Conspiracy, published by the MIT Press, available now wherever you buy books or listen to them on Audible. <laughs>